shut up. It's now time for Mark's Side of the Ring. The pro wrestling podcast where three marks. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. Discuss pro wrestling like it's real. And now, here's Dick Ford. And Hogan, you big ball son of a bitch, kiss my ass. Joey Vegas. And Mike Madness. Oh, yeah. This is Mark's Side of the Ring, the pro wrestling podcast where we discuss it like it's real. I'm Ford. I'm joined this week and every time that we are we are on this great show of ours talking about the great love and the sport of professional wrestling. Vegas, Vegas, are you there? Uh, I am. I'm here, and it's uh, sports entertainment, sir. Yes. And d- d- don't mute yourself. You take too long to answer, man. I don't want to have to go through and edit the whole podcast again. Madness, are you there? I am here, Mr. Dick Ford. Ready to go. Ready to uh, have an exciting show today. Yes, we are. All three of us are in three separate locations. Uh, normally, Vegas and I are in the same place. We cannot be that this week. But uh, our next show will be back to normal. So uh, bear with us as three of us are in three separate locations and we are just dependent on the technology. But we have a great show lined up. It's going to be really sad. And uh, I have not been looking forward to it all day. We, of course, are on the anniversary of Owen Hart's tragic death on this day as we record this, May 23, 1999. So as we record this on May 23, 2022, we decided that we would pay tribute to Owen and the Hart family as a collective. We'll talk about Owen Hart, his career that night, and we will watch SummerSlam 1994, Brett versus Owen, the rematch from WrestleMania 10, and Madness has got a little game. Tell us about tell us about the new madness game that we're playing tonight. Well, we've been in talks about this for a few weeks now, and we finally got it together. Uh, we have our first contestant who will be on. We'll introduce him later, and we'll give the rundown of the rules. It's a trivia question based on the three main promotions during the era we speak about mostly on this show, which is WWF, WCW, ECW. Each one has its own subcategory, and I'll have seven questions each. Contestants got to get four. I'll get more into it when we get him on so we can explain it to him. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good. And there will be a cash prize for the winners of this each and every week. Yeah. And that will be, uh, that tab will be flipped by madness. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I will not be flipping that tab. I'm the Ted DiBiase of this faction. So credit, credit, credit to you for coming up with the whole idea and for flipping the tab and, and being the man madness. Cause that's what you are. Yeah. <laughs> so Owen Hart tragically died on this day, 1999, at the Over the Edge pay per view at the Kemper Arena in Kansas City. And that came all off the top of my head, but it was at the Kemper Arena. 
the same location where WCW will throw Chris Canyon off of a cage through a stage. Of course, they had to do it in the same, the same building, of course. Uh, so real, really, you know, well, whatever. But we'll watch that match, I'm sure, at some point. But Madness, were you watching? I, I, I was not watching. You know, I was not I watching Over the Edge pay-per-view. Don't know what happened that day. I did not miss many pay-per-views of that era for WCW or WWF, but I recall not actually watching this. I heard about it when I got to school the next day. I was in high school, Same. and I remember hearing about it. I'm like, wait, Owen Hart died? It was just so weird because it was like, a, I didn't know what happened. I was just like, he was so young and it was just a, a weird thing. We didn't really have too much internet access. We didn't have phones. So I was like, what happened all day? He fell. So, you know, then from there we had to watch raw that night. And, uh, you know, we had that raw as Owen, which was a incredibly sad raw. If you ever you get a chance to rewatch that one. Oof, oh boy. But no, I was not watching raw. How about you, Joey? Um, I was not watching it either. Um, I think I saw it on the news though. Um, Cause it was a big, it was actually a big national news story. Um, you know, because obviously wrestling was really big at that time. I remember on the local uh, news there uh, in Chicago and they were like, you know, professional wrestler dies from stunt um, gone horribly wrong. And and at that point I was, I didn't even think it was like a professional or I shouldn't say professional, but you know, big time WWF. I thought it was just some random, uh, you know, local. And then I saw, and then I saw the picture uh, of, of Owen and I was like, I was like, oh, crap. And then I listened to it and obviously heard about it. And then that Raw was very depressing. And it was. And I have a story for that. When I, when I was young, I, I used to go to a, my friend's house at the time. And every Monday we would uh, you know, do our homework and then we would watch Raw. It was like a thing we would do. And his mother, she was not a wrestling fan at all. She hated it. We were watching that Raw as Owen where every superstar was coming up there crying, giving their little spiel about everything. And she walked by the TV and she was saying, look at this. This is phony. What are you guys watching this for? This fake stuff. I'm like, no, no, it's actually, this actually happens. She was like, oh, you kids are just so gullible with this wrestling. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. The woman could not get it through her head that it was an actual, uh, it actually happened. It was actually real that this was going on. She thought this was a work. Uh, and she walked away from the TV, wouldn't believe us. So anyways, that was just one little story I remember from that night. But uh, anyways, back on to you, Dick. Yeah, you bring up that that mother. Um, if she only knew that wrestlers could not act, there'd be no way that they could act that good and make it make it seem that real. It's just no. there's, there's just no way. They're those just, were some. Those no were way. some. Those were some very uh, heartfelt, gut wrenching, uh, true uh, raw emotion. Uh, I call it. Uh, so I remember Triple H. Uh, Debra, uh, a few others just uh, off the top of my head that just sort of still stuck in my mind. Jeff Jarrett, yeah, um, Jarrett, you know, but th- it was a uh, something to watch. It was a, uh, it was sad, sad, sad raw. Yeah, I didn't hear about it. I used to go during lunch. I would go to the library and go to wrestlezone.com and <laughs> and look at the wrestling news it was uh yeah it was wrestlezone.com i i remember that's oh, yeah. also that's also when i first found out that russo jumped to ww uh, to wcw but uh yeah so i remember going to lunch uh 
eating lunch and then going to the library, going to WrestleZone.com and seeing the headlines that what happened the night before. And then, of course, I watched Raw that night. I did not have the luxury of watching it with a buddy. So I just had the luxury of watching it by myself in the basement and uh, just getting teary-eyed, watching everybody also be teary-eyed. And then that's when I realized that people cry at funerals because other people are crying. And they're kind of just like, you just do it. Like I'm not really an yeah. emotional guy, but I was teary-eyed. And I think it was because everybody else was crying. So that's what I remember. Raw is Owen. I was not watching the pay-per-view. And I found out in the library during lunch period. Wow. And yeah, that was, uh, that was really something to watch for sure. And, you know, seeing those guys just pour that out, we never really saw that. I don't think on a, on a raw or at all before that, that type of those type of interviews that, that shoot, that shoot type interview. I don't think they ever did anything like that before. And I know for a fact, we didn't switch over to WCW at all that day. No, no. I mean, how could you? Yeah, you you really couldn't because that was the only thing on. I I would be interesting to see uh, what the ratings were. Not that the ratings matter in a situation like that at the time, but just to look back on it to see how uh, how big the WWF ratings were. Yeah, well, that would be interesting. Maybe we can grab that uh, at some point during the show here. And, yeah, and I mean it's ninety nine. So the WCW all, was dying. Yeah, WCW they're already was, kicking. They're already kicking WCW's ass at that point. Yeah. So it was May 24. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm actually, the, the, my biggest surprise with this conversation so far is that uh, Ford actually uh, spent time in a library. Yeah. Um, that's, that's surprising. But it was only to get wrestling news. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. weird that you say that because when I was going to, uh, this was after the fact, uh, like a couple of years later when I was at College of DuPage, is a community college out here, I, uh, I would take my break time. I'd go to the, the library and I'd, put, I'd go on the internet and the number one page I would go on at the time was WrestleZone. Yeah. It's funny that you said that. I would sit there and, and read through uh, each article on that. It was always, it was always, uh, it had something interesting behind the scenes type stuff that I wasn't used to getting for so many years. 7.2 was the TV rating. Oh, wow. That's a big one. Do you have WCWs? Yeah. I can get Nitro? WCWs, yeah. Yeah. Re- WrestleZone still, uh, Still in uh, existence. Yep. That was always the go-to for me. Yeah, the, the rating zone. for, uh, of course, this 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 one I click on doesn't have it. Hold on. Yeah, no, it, I, I I also did the Wrestle Zone. Um, that was the, the the one that I went to all the time. Now I now I don't go to any of them because all they are is clickbait and uh, you know ads pop up every two seconds. Oh, it's hideous. And let so, me ask you guys this question, because we can't go a show like this without asking this specific th- question. It's th- been asked before, but I want to get your guys' opinion um, while you're looking that up. I Dick, got it. Unless you, got, you th- got it? Go yeah, ahead. It's 3.77 for, for Nitro. You know what's crazy is that's a low rating for the time for the war, but that, I think that's like, what, double what they're getting now on Raw? Oh, easy. Easy. Right, yeah. Is it just speaks to you know WCW wasn't quite dead in 1999, but but boy, it was it was on its decline, and that, that was a crazy difference right there. I you have to admit that I think the death of Owen Hart played a huge role in that in that uh, rating spike of 7.2. Well, well, you would think, yeah, however, but it was pretty consistent. It was however, pretty consistent with the time. 
However, the week before, the raw rating average was a 6.34. So the bump oh. is not as significant as you'd think. And I can even break it down. The um, quarter 12 for the Owen Hart tribute show was a 7. But quarter 12 the week before was a 7.2. Oh, wow. So it really was just uh, pretty consistent then, I guess. Yeah. I mean, these numbers, if Raw did a 7.2 today, it might kill Vince McMahon. It might oh, absolutely. he would drop that. He would be have to come out to him to get a 7.2 again. He'd have to come back out and do that. Uh, give away his million dollar shit again. He did like what a decade ago. Remember that shit when yeah. he would come out and he was giving away his money. He was yeah. trying to give away a million bucks. So, I so I don't know. Um, oh, I'd have to look this up, but the 18 to 49 number that everyone talks about these days, they didn't even do it back then. It's, it's broken down into little, it's, it's at least not on this website. The demographics is broken down into 18 to 24, 25 to 54. But I mean, the, the 25 to 54 number at 1.8 million for raw Jeez. that night. And just no way they're going to get 1.8 million no. in 18 to 49. Not a chance. Not that way what they're putting out there these days. No, Not even no, at all. No. But let me get back to the question I wanted to ask you guys. And, uh, you know, with your Vince McMahon at Over the Edge 1999 and after what went down, oh boy. Do, do you continue on with the show? Yeah. So this has obviously been one of the more hotly debated topics of the incident. Sure. I'm sure it was talked about in the court case that Martha Hart had against Vince McMahon and, and Titan. And, there there's no right or wrong answer there's really only a moral right or wrong morally he probably should have canceled the rest of the show okay yeah i i agree but it's one of those things where it's like you know here's the thing owen hart if you listen to the people who knew Owen Hart, Owen Hart was not a I'll put this business over anyone kind of guy. He was, in fact, going to be getting out of the business in a few years. He was not going to be one of those lifers, you know, one of those Terry Funks or one of those guys or the Ric Flairs or, or, or even the Stings who's still in, in his 60s. That wasn't going to be Owen. So... It's hard for Owen to be to think that Owen would be one of those. Well, the show must go on, even though I plummeted to my death. Um, so Vince probably should have not continued the program, but you know, it's. But you 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 can't like you said morally yes, contractually and everything else. He would have lost millions. Yeah, and I'm and talking he ends up losing like, millions anyway. No, I'm talking like hundreds of hundreds of millions because he would have got sued. He would have got sued by the pay-per-view networks. He would have had to refund everybody in the crowd's money. He would have had to refund every pay-per-view buys money. Like he would have lost so much money if he didn't continue the show. You almost have to continue the show. What did he lose from the? We don't even know. Do we know what he lost in the Martha Hart trial? 
I think it was probably an undisclosed number. It probably was, but that, but you can't compare though. You can't compare the two because in the spur of the moment, he's not going to be like, well, I bet yeah, you his wife's going to sue me. We also don't know how that would have played out because that's something like that's never happened before. So we don't know if he would have lost all the pay-per-view money, yeah, I, if you would have had to reimburse all the ticket money. I'm sure there's a clause in the ticket purchase since you brought up the people in the building. I'm sure there's um, a clause. I'm sure there's some kind of scapegoat where they could just reschedule to do another event where all those tickets will still be valid. There, there's probably a way around that. I don't know for sure, but we can't say definitively that he would have to have refunded everyone's ticket. Yeah, that's not, I mean, even so, like, I mean, maybe I'm just a, a good guy at heart, but I mean, who's really going to sit there and say, I, I, this guy died, I want my money back. It was 18 million, by the way. I'm sure there was going to be several jerk offs to try to some, do something like that. But well, you, you, you got to think though, you got to think though, if you're talking about pay-per-view buys, I can, well, we, I mean, I can look it up. We can look and see what over the edge does. I mean, was this Monday, was that, was that loss even hurt him that badly? No, this was wasn't WrestleMania. It wasn't, still didn't even scratch the surface of the company at this point. No, so I don't even think that's even worth even debating. If about. it was Mania, the, if it was <laughs> WrestleMania and there was going to be a million buys, then I can, I can, okay. I could somewhat understand that. It cost him 18 million. He had to pay the hearts. Martha. Yeah, but, but you can't even bring that up. Why because not? you because you don't know that he was going to get sued. If he was friends uh, more friendly with uh, Martha, then you know she might have not sued him. Or if he didn't screw up and hire a, a, a crappy uh, company, no, that we all that. found out later he, he was he was getting sued. No yeah, okay. What. So here's the so here are the buys. So it's it's two hundred eleven thousand. Uh, at that time, we're charging. 39 29 was it 39 yeah 39.99 a pay-per-view around that time uh that was more of a, a smaller smaller one so it might have been even less maybe the 29 because i believe the bigger pay-per-views were still 20 39 at the right, well, let's just say it's 39 let's just say it's 39 dollars and 95 cents times 211 thousand it's 8 million but that's not oh, all vince's money though now uh, but what I'm saying is contractually, unless there's something in, in the contract that he signed with the pay-per-view providers, that was the wrong pay-per-view. like this isn't, you know, this isn't now the network days where if he cancels something, who cares because it's on the network, it's free. I mean, other than the, the nine ninety nine or whatever they charge. Yeah, it was actually 16 million. I looked at, I looked at 98, this was 99, 99 did 416,000 for over the edge. I mean, so, I mean, a pretty decent number, but still just a drop in the bucket. It's still yeah. a drop in the bucket at the end. We, and that's, and that's not even saying that he was going to, you know, when the WCW had that problem, when that one pay-per-view cut out early and people missed the Goldberg uh, DDP ending, and and they did the whole refund. Not everybody asked for the refund. Not everybody. A lot of people did. It cost WCW a lot of money. But there's no guarantee even that people would have said, oh, I want my money back because Owen Hart died and you canceled the rest of the show. I mean, that's yeah. kind of a dick move, as, as Madness said earlier. So It, it is. It I, is a dick move. I don't, think, it, I don't think in the long run, in the grand scheme of things, I think Vince McMahon suffers... Just a little financially, but we still get to look back and go, 
Oh, Vince really handled that situation. An unprecedented situation. Vince handled it properly. Instead, we look back and go, they fucking continued the show with the man's blood on the fucking ring mat. Yeah, that's that's it definitely am I I'm, I'm pretty adamant about it that I think that that show should have been stopped. I don't believe there was any reason to keep that going for at all whatsoever. And what even chaps my ass even harder is what are we doing with Owen Hart? It, what is creative doing with him in such a, such a great point in the company? He's a Hart family member. He, his brother a year and a half ago, not even was screwed he could have been doing so much more as his his own characters, his own stuff. What was he doing? Why were they rehashing the Blue Blazer gimmick? You know, I don't want to put it on creative and say, oh, well, because you made the Blue Blazer come back, this is why this happened. But it technically sort of went that way. And why would you get a ridiculous gimmick that was never over in the first place? Even rather than bring it back and make a joke out of a guy who's a excellent worker, you know, unless he's. I don't know. I don't know the reasoning and I wouldn't want to speculate it, but uh, that, that pisses me off that we put a talent like that up in the sky, up in the rafters and it made him come down like a joke. And well, then I'll he tell died. you this. If he leaves with Brett, Owen's still alive today. So. Of course. Well, there's so many ifs and, and everything of the sort, but you know, what, what, what was he really going to do? You know, he, he had to stick around. I believe was he, didn't he have some sort of obligation? He was contractually obligated. They let him all. They they let the rest of them out of their deals, and they would have let Owen, but they wanted to keep Owen, so they offered Owen more money to stay. And he he didn't he floundered after that. He didn't he didn't do anything. He ended up with as a road sign with the Nation of Domination. Okay, well, I like I liked his stuff with the Nation, but well, whatever you know, I, I, he should have gotten something more towards the top, in my opinion. I think he was worthy of that by that point. Uh, unless you want to speculate that he was getting punished for uh, nearly ending Steve Austin's career of some sort, but I don't think that they would uh, have gone that far to do that. I think he'd proven himself enough to be a safe worker to where that could just be chucked as an accident. But I don't, and I'm not saying that the, anything that happened with the fall had to do with Austin. I'm saying that some of the character uh, creative that he was given was maybe hindered a bit in that sort. Maybe he wasn't being trusted as not enough or to work with the, the top guys anymore. Owen was a victim of being too good. And in that era, if the work rate wasn't as important as it would be now. So when you're that good, they, they, you tend to not, be as elevated as high as as others who you're better than because whether they're they cut better promos or whatever the case may be so owen was kind of a victim of his of his skill level and because he was so good he can only go so high which is kind of weird but that's kind of like how the wrestling business was it's not that way anymore and which is probably why it's not as popular but it's not that way anymore now you 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 have to have a work rate like Owens, and and when you do, you're a main eventer, you're a superstar. They're putting the title on your on you, and they're strapping a rocket to your back. But in his I era, mean, they could have used a top heel in that era. I mean, Austin, he was getting cheered. Uh, you know, The Rock, he was getting cheered. You didn't know the Undertaker and Kane; they, they were fucking favorites, no matter what they tried to do with them. The same thing with Triple H, even for the most part. He he turned out to be a pretty good heel, but he could have been a a, a good heel 
the top guy heel instead of wearing his his blue blazer gimmick and, and having guys like Coco beware and, and other guys mimic him at, at points in, during that time, which was ridiculous. Every little every little aspect of it was. But anyways, you know that was then, and here we are now, and you can't change the past. But what we can do is uh, play play some games. This is the first ever edition. You can only do the first once, baby. And it's the first ever Can I Play With Madness. And we have Heavy Hep is on the line right now. He's been waiting on the line patiently, listening to us complain about Owen Hart's push. Heavy Hep, how are you? I'm doing good. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, bud. We got you, brother. We got you. We got you. So... Uh, what we got here today is a Can I Play With Madness trivia game, and I'm hoping I don't get sued by the great Iron Maiden at any point uh, during <laughs> during my tenure on the show. No, you uh, so, you, you won't be because we, we, we're going to hide it by only putting the show on Spotify So and, and, and other podcast apps. So as long as we don't put this on YouTube, they won't take it down. Wonderful. And we're safe and we can do whatever we want, which is wonderful. All right, Heavy Hep. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Here's how this is going to work. Okay, we got three categories. We have WWF, WCW, ECW. I'm going to read to you the subcategories of those in a minute. And you're going to pick which one you want. Each one has seven questions. What you need to do is get four of them. We're going to have you answer all of them no matter how you're doing. But we're gonna, you need to get four of them to win the prize. And there is going to be a cash prize for this. Uh, I'm not going to say how much it is. I'm not going to say if it's a gift card. I'm not going to say if it's a carrier pigeon with a $10 bill that shows up on your porch one day, but you will win if you get four of the seven correct. So are you uh, ready to hear these, sir? Right on, man. Let's go. All right. Your WWF subcategory is fitting for this episode. It's the Hart family. The WCW subcategory is the new world order. And the ECW category is ECW champions. So you can pick which one of those you'd like as your category. Um, let's go WWF. All right, WWF. So we're going to do the Hart family. All right. Okay. We'll get ready. Uh, everybody ready? Joey, Dick, you guys ready for this? Let's do this. Yeah. And uh, heavy hep, there's a rumor, rumor and innuendo is that madness is going to buy you an eight ball. That's going to be your prize. Yeah, we're going to snort a bunch of coke. It's going to be wonderful. Oh, hell yeah. I'm, I'm ready. I hope I win. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's what we do on the show. You win, you get a bunch of drugs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, let's get started. Question number one. All right. The 1997 Heart Foundation stable included five wrestlers. Only one of them was not an actual family member of the Hearts through either blood or marriage. Who was this wrestler? Brian Pillman. You got it. That's one. Very good. Very good. All right. Question number two. Are you ready, Mr. Heavy Hep? Yes, sir. All right. Question two. Owen Hart died tragically at Over the Edge 1999, performing a very unnecessary stunt. Who was scheduled to be his opponent at this event? Uh, Godfather. Oh. Stop Googling here. You, you ain't Googling, are you? No. Good. No, right, well, but you know two. what? We we should have like 
we should have like Vegas like keep track of time. And he's answering these obviously pretty quick. No, it's pretty quick. You can't Google that quickly. But I mean, we should like uh, Vegas. We should like give him ten seconds, just in case he has to think. Uh, he's he's a trustworthy guy. I'm sure. I don't trust he's, him. He's a loyal listener. All right. Question number three. You're doing well. You're two two and zero here. Okay. All right. How many children did Stu and Helen Hart produce? Twelve. Well, you definitely didn't Google that one. No, that was uh, he's he's on fire here. He's on fire. You got four questions one left, more. and only need to get one of them. And how did how did you have twelve kids? She had like twelve kids between nineteen forty eight and nineteen sixty five. You just are just pregnant all the time, and how is she not walking bow legged like she's been wearing a horse all day? Well, my my uh, the former place where I used to work, my government, my shoot job, they had thirteen kids. 13 kids. 13. I can't even, I, I don't know. I've never had one kid, obviously. I mean, according, according to the modern society, I, I can get pregnant now. So yeah, that's true. So, so maybe it, I'll find that out. One according of to the emojis on my phone, you can get pregnant. Yeah. Let's, let's see what happens. All right. Well, let's go. You're just destroying this, Mr. Heavy app. So let's go with question number four. After the blue blazer gimmick and before he was known as the king of hearts, what was Owen Hart's nickname? The rocket. Yeah. Well, wow. Well, you've won. You've won. You you really uh, you're gonna make me have to make these questions a little more difficult next time. So, but we're gonna finish them off. Did you know all those Joey Vegas? Uh, I did not know the last one. I would have had to think a little bit harder. He got it quicker, but I did know the first couple. Okay. Well, anyways, we're going to finish it up. Three more questions just for fun. So I'm going to rattle those off and see how you do. You know, what we'll do, what we're going to do is, and these aren't, you aren't just going to answer these just because we feel like extending the segment even longer. I'm going to keep track of what the contestants score. So this is going to go down in the record books. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a tournament of champions. There we go. There we yeah, go. I like that. I like that. All right, Dick Ford, you keep you keep that up. You know, uh, heavy happier. He's uh, he's got four out of four, so uh, he's perfect at this uh, so far. All right, question five. At the nineteen ninety three Survivor Series, the Hart family faced off against Shawn Michaels and his Knights. Name the four Hart family members that participated in this match. Oh, you might got me on this one. Um... Brett, Owen, uh, Neidhart, and I'm I'm not sure the fourth one. I'm not even sure if the other ones are right. No. All right. Well, no. it's all right. It's Bruce and Keith were the other two. It was actually that's right. Yeah. That's all right. It's all right. You're still you're still doing well here. So let's go over to the sixth question here. Uh, okay, Bret Hart won his first WWF title, singles title. Bret Hart won his first WWF singles title at which event? The name and the year. It'd be SummerSlam 91 against Mr. Perfect, the Intercontinental Championship. Yes. That's one of my favorite matches, so let's uh, that was a That was a layup for you then. That was a layup for you, my friend. All right. Very good. And the last question, uh, Owen Hart's first pay-per-view event was as the Blue Blazer was at WrestleMania 5. And who was his opponent? Um, 
was it Bad News Brown? No. No, no, no. Good guess, but it was uh, Mr. Perfect. And for bonus, what building was it in? Uh, Was that Trump Plaza? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, you got the bonus. Oh, you got five out of seven. Wow, five five wins, five points. You will receive, you will receive, uh, we will talk. A ball? Yeah, you'll get an eight ball. And a, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. we'll do the, we'll the math lab uh, in your home. Whoa, not so a we'll math lab. Whoa, uh, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. so we'll do all that. You know, it's really, really nice here. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk off air and figure out uh, how we can get you your prize, whether we uh, send it virtually or uh, deliver something over to you. So, but hey, heavy hap. Guys, let's, uh, let, let's give them a round of applause. Let's give here, them huh? a round all of right. applause. Very good. Very good. Right on. Thanks, you guys. All right. Thanks Keep for up being the good on. work, man. I'm enjoying the podcast. Thanks, bud. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening. Yep. You take care now. All right, man. Later. So why, why did you turn cocaine, which is like a good, be like a fun evening thing into meth? Well, why why do you do (laughs) meth? Well, because I like things to get weird. Cocaine's a rich white man drug. And you're like, let's just, let's just do meth. (laughs) Hey, you don't call me madness for no reason. That's true. So I, I thought you were I thought you were talking about a magic eight ball, and I was like, "That's pretty cool." We we're talking about in the nineties. <laughs> signs point to yes. I yeah. lost I I lost my marbles. Yeah, I lost my dongle. Your what? My isn't dongle. that attached to you? Let me find my. <laughs> that's the different kind of dongle. Let me <laughs> let me go over to the other side of the studio loft, Boogie Down Jones here. Try to find the dongle in case you want audio. From the SummerSlam '94 match, you think you might want audio from that match, Madness? Yeah, yeah. Throw okay. the audio. So on let me find the dongle. Like, so you got to like talk about doing. something. Yeah, no, we're gonna go back. We have a, uh, you know, we we talked about the Owen Hart uh, incident, and now what they're running now, and I don't know if you've been watching it, uh, Joey Vegas, uh, is the Owen Cup over at yeah. AEW. Yes. And uh, you know, I haven't been as invested in that. I do like the fact that they have. Uh, brought him, brought his his name into something, and are doing something with him. Obviously, this had to happen outside of WWE due to the uh, issues between Vince and Martha. But I love the fact that they've actually just done something that that honors him in in this industry, and I think that's uh, that's something that's been great. So I wanted to ask you what you thought, uh, what your thoughts are, basically, of the uh, tournament and uh, and how it's been going. Yeah, I mean, I I when I heard it, heard about it. Uh, I mean, Ford and I, I was like, dude, they're having the, you know, Owen Hart cup. It's going to be awesome. Um, you know, and, and I was so excited. And then unfortunately I, I will say this, it, it, it has not lived up to my expectations. Um, you know, both the men's and women's side of it, um, because they, they built it up for this, you know, cause obviously you're probably aware, you know, their whole quote to for, forbidden door uh, type thing, you know, bringing in new Japan, bringing in impact stars, bringing in, um, you know, MLW stuff. Well, not really MLW, but um, uh, you know, other stars, uh, NWA stars. And it was, I thought, Oh, listen, we're going to get some Japan guys. We're going to get, um, you know, we're going to have, uh, you know, some impact guys. They're all going to go together. And ultimately there was maybe one, uh, or two and, and they lost right away. So mm. they, they brought them in. They, they had these and another, they had these qualifying matches. Like they had qualifying matches to get into the tournament. Right. To me, 
if you're going to do this, the Owen Hart Foundation tournament, you don't need qualifying matches. You say, hey, listen, these are the competitors, kind of like uh, New Japan. I, I know you, you don't really follow New Japan that much, but when they have their tournaments uh, for, you know, but like right now, Best of Super Juniors is going on. They just announced, here are the tournaments, here is the A block, here's the B block, round robin, have, you know, have a go at it. The Owen Hart, no, you have to qualify, which they all qualified against, you know, quote, jobbers, if you will, in, in the business. Uh, and... Uh, so, and then none of them ended up being anybody that was outside of AEW anyway. Um, so it's been very disappointing. So now I think, you know, you know, I believe that something like this could have been better as an, as a full event. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I think piecing it together over several weeks on nitro or excuse me on the dynamite or rampage or whatever it's been on. And then just having the finals on their own pay-per-view. I think that's fine. I'm, it's better than nothing. It's good. But I do believe that, you know, based on what had happened, based on the legacy of the family and you know, the, this is his name and what had happened. I, I think this could be, this could have been a full event in my opinion, they, uh, all in one day, all in one night, bring in like the guys, like you had said, Joey Vegas out there for the night and, and, and just make it all about that. Make it all about it in one shot. What do you guys think about, about that? Do you think it would have been better that way? Or do you, do you think it's better as it is going, how it is? Uh, I mean, I would say it, I, I could, I could get behind a one night, um, especially because it, it's been a small tournament. Um, there's only been four matches in the whole tournament so far. So, uh, or I mean the brackets. So it's like, it, it, I could see them doing that and bringing in some, you know, special stars from wherever you want to bring them in for, um, you know, but it just, it's been so underwhelming, you know, to, to have this cause you could, and also you would think to me, this is what it seems like. It seems like, Hey guys, we don't, you're not in the, the main event storyline. You're not in the, the other storylines. So we're going to have something for you to do. I would think, with this being the first annual Owen Hart foundation tournament, you do have big guys like Samoa Joe in there, you know, Adam Cole's in there, Jeff Hardy, you know, Kyle O'Reilly, but, and Ray Phoenix, but you don't have the big names. Like, I would want, like, you would think, you know, uh, uh, Brian Danielson, CM, you think like these big guys, and I understand why they don't do it. So I think that goes more to your point, having a one night special tournament where storylines don't mean anything. So, you know, you could face friends, you could face foes. It doesn't matter. Uh, stable mates, whatever, and just go with it. Right. And are they talking about this being an annual thing or is this a one time annual annual? I like yeah. that. The Owen Hart cup. I was very excited for it. Um, and I can't help but feel like I've been let down by it. Um, I feel like it hasn't featured enough of the big name people that it should have featured. I feel like it didn't feature enough of the outside guys, kind of what Vegas was saying. And I've been kind of disappointed. Now, the matches at the end here are probably going to be really good. But I'm fearing, my fear is, is this going to be won by the Cole Baker household? <laughs> and I say that because that's a dumb idea, in my opinion. 
Um, but I would see why Baker just lost the title. Cole couldn't beat Page. They are top stars in that company. So they win the Owen Cup. But for both of them to happen in the same year, it'd be kind of, yeah. I think, I'm hoping that Tony Storm, she's still in it, right? Uh, I believe so. I'm hoping she wins it all. And Cole can go ahead and win. But I'm, I'm hoping that they go, they don't give it to the Baker Cole household. That's my, my hope. But yeah, I'm looking forward to next year. And I'm okay, Madness, to answer your thing. I'm okay with a one-night thing, but I would kind of like the... I would like how they did the King of the Ring, where they had all those matches leading up to it, and then the night of the pay-per-view, the guy had to wrestle twice. Or Yeah, yeah I see that. I see it both ways with that. I yeah. did like the idea, the earlier King of the Ring pay-per-views, 93, 94, 95, those had... Uh, all the matches outside of the qualifiers they had all those in one night i did like the idea that like hey okay the whole point of this is that this guy's wrestling a bunch of times in one night kind of like when we saw when the greatest wrestler that ever lived macho man randy savage won four matches at wrestlemania four to win the wwf championship something like that i do see the fact that for the crowd both in the stands and watching on tv they can maybe get a little bored with seeing the same dudes over and over again throughout the show so I do see it both ways as to why either one would work. And yes. I guess with today's day and age, uh, with our short attention spans and our constant need for stimulation, uh, that I don't, I think that it has to be how it is right now. I do like as an old school kind of guy, I do kind of like, uh, the, the, the tournament all in one day, but, uh, we, these kids don't have any attention span. They're going to say, this is boring. I've seen the same guy three times now. So I get it. You have you, you have that, and you also have what, what I talked about earlier. The work rate is different now. And you don't, this company in particular doesn't do double DQ finishes like Andre Hogan to get two guys out of the tournament. This company doesn't do six-minute matches. The work rate is way too high for these guys to wrestle three, four times in a night. You're right. You're right. It would be noticeable. It would be noticeable. And that's probably also why they got rid of like things like Survivor Series, too, because, you know, where guys would get pinned by like backslides and things like that would just kind of bury themselves. They would like get clothesline and get pinned and shit. Yeah. And then you're going to have these two guys that are supposed to be being pushed in a six minute match. that's going to end really quick and it's going to like accidentally bury somebody. But I, I get it. But that's just the old school in me speaking. And well, it, it, it hold on, Vegas. It's the old school, you know, kind of like. um it's the old school WWF thinking in you, and this company. This company, I think they've done uh, in three years that they've been around. I think they've done two DQ finishes, two in the whole entire time the company's been in existence. They've done two disqualifications. Wow. Okay, there'll be two in one week of television for the WWF. So. Completely different booking styles. They're trying what, and I'll give AW credit in Vegas. I'll go to you after this. I give AW credit for this. They're trying to change people like you, Madness, who grew up on McMahon's booking. They're trying to change your way of thinking 
wrestling should be or is or isn't. And they're trying to get you out of that mentality of, you know, oh, just do a double DQ, do a count out finish. They don't do that in this company. So it's, I do commend, I do like and enjoy AEW. And one of those reasons is that in particular is they're trying to change the way you think like tag teams aren't going to get together just to break up because right. that's what Vince has done and, for the last 40 and, years. Uh, I don't mind a double DQ provided it does something for the storyline provided there's a reason for this double DQ that's going to further a storyline along and, and create something even better down the road. Well, but, yeah, but you do that because you're afraid to beat someone. This like company's not it's, afraid it's to very beat someone. specific to the storyline and how the storyline, how it would impact the storyline going forward. Yeah. That's just the only reason why I say I'm not for double DQ finishes and, and things like that. I don't want to go to an event and see a bunch of uh, draws. I don't, I don't care about that. <laughs> Here, here's my thing though, with, with this, I, I get the survivor series and, and all these other, but this is to me, and, and I couldn't be wrong. I look at this as a very big annual event like i when i first heard this i'm like i said i thought it was going to be huge i was i I was so excited i thought this thing was going to be huge and and storyline be damned but it's turning out that the storylines may not coincide because some of the things but they're still doing storylines in this i mean the women's uh the women's is is totally uh you know telegraphed uh, for Britt Baker to win uh, unless somehow Tony storm can pull out the win. But it, I, you know, you could look at both uh, even the qualifying matches, like at least on the men's side, you, you kind of didn't know who was going to get through, but on the women's side, I mean, most of these people, I could have, I could have probably put this bracket out myself and got it all right. Yeah. You know, like Britt Baker facing Maki Ito, like, I was like, dude, that's uh, that's great. They brought in Edo, but everybody loves her, you know. And and she's you know she's a huge uh, Twitter star and big in Japan. And but then obviously you knew Britt Baker was going over, yeah. You know you knew she was going to win, so it just kind of took out the sales a little bit for me. Um, and obviously, like you said, Ford, that this you know uh, the finals are going to be huge regardless. Um, but I think I agree with Madness's point. If we're if we're going to make this a huge if we were going to make this a huge event and not just another uh, wrestling pro wrestling sports entertainment tournament, you do it. You know where you know stables don't matter, and they kind of did that you know as well with the tag teams, uh, you know FTR going against each other and stuff like that. But you bring everybody into one arena. You bring in Japan guys. You bring in Impact guys. You bring in NWA guys. You bring in other uh, independent guys. Um, you know, and, and you get that taken care of. All right, so let's watch this. I don't have the dongle. I can't find the dongle. Uh-oh, no dongles. I don't know what happened to the dongle. It was here. It's been here. It's gone. I don't know what happened to it. So uh, we're going to have to watch this without any audio, unfortunately. Well, I mean, that's what we got to do. That's oh, what yeah, right. we We've done do. preview shows. We've done previous shows that way. Let me know when you're ready, Dick and uh, Joey, and I will count you guys down. Uh, give me your, I'll give you your timestamp. I'm at one thirty six sixteen. All righty. Let's see that. All right, I'm about there myself. So, are we ready to get started here? Yeah, let's go. One thirty six sixteen. All right. Yep. 
three, two, one, and play. It's the blue cage. There it is. The classic blue cage. We can never oh. go back because now the hell in a cell is red. <laughs> yeah. The hell in a cell is red now? Yeah, it's so stupid. Oh, my God. It's so dumb. It? And this is SummerSlam. I love that classic logo. Oh, yeah. I was at this event, as I, sh- I should make sure I let everybody know. Yes. I was here. I was where, 11 where years old. Where are you sitting? I am sitting to, if you're staring at the entrance, I am to the left of it. Uh, you can not see me very well. You probably wouldn't recognize me anyways. But I was here. Yeah. And uh, this you was the very right. first event at the United Center. I was excited to be there as a big Bulls fan, as well as a big wrestling fan. We got to see Walter Payton. One of my favorite uh, actors was there, Leslie Nielsen, who is hysterical. And uh, it was a great time with my father. And, uh, you know, this was the highlight of the, this match was the highlight of the event here. This was the best uh, match by far. We got Owen Hart coming out to the ring. Yeah, I I was not here. Unfortunately, my, uh, my uh, father uh, was not a wrestling fan, nor would he indulge in my wrestling other (laughs) than maybe paying a 49 95 for WrestleMania. I got two pay-per-views a year, WrestleMania and Royal Rumble. That was it. No more, no less. Yeah. I, uh, was not, um, um, at this event, but Owen Hart, I love that simple stage. My God. And now, you know, nowadays to put up the SummerSlam stage, it takes, uh, it takes an army of guys a week in advance. They'll be at the building, uh, or, or in this case this year, the stadium in Nashville, they'll be setting up a stage. that will be just huge and ginormous, but here we are in an arena that probably holds 18,000 for a wrestling, for a wrestling show. And uh, it's SummerSlam. Yeah, I believe this is a 23,000 seater, I think, for this. Is it? I don't know. I believe so. I'd have to look at the capacity of the United Center. Let me but look. I'll tell you right now. Go ahead. See if I was correct. Yeah. And the cage was put up for this one to keep the Hart family out of the ring. That was the whole uh, shtick for this one. Because yes, and back then they probably did actually stay out of the ring. Well, hey, we'll see. We'll find out. Yeah. Now and they do cage matches, and there's still interference. So, yeah, so for, the, the attendance here was 23,300. Well, that is a full sellout. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this was sold out. Um, we were excited when we got these tickets. We were, we were, we were thrilled. This was, our, this was the first and I think the only pay-per-view I've ever been to for any of the major promotions here. In the U.S. I don't the, think I've ever been to another pay-per-view. I tried my hardest a few years later to get to WrestleMania 13. That did not work for me. Um, and then after that, there wasn't anything super relevant that I ended up going to. And I think there were a few No Mercies or something like that or uh, in later years. But I, I've never ended up going to a lot of the uh, pay-per-views. Buy rate is um, 300000 for this show. The tagline is so hot, it's scary. Yeah, it was sponsored by Domino's Pizza. Yes, it was. It was not Stridex. This was one of the, <laughs> yeah, that was a year after that. This was really when they first started having something sponsor their pay-per-views. Do they still do that now? Are there still sponsors? Yeah, yeah, but they're um, premium live events. Yes, they're premium live events now. They're no longer called pay-per-views. No. But I'll tell you this, I'll be calling them pay-per-views till the day I'm dead. Yeah. So. AEW still does pay-per-views. Yeah, because they don't have a network. They don't have yet. a network still so yeah. yet. I'm praying they 
put the uh, Ring of Honor uh, library on the old HBO Max. We're at wherever they go because I I want to watch some 2005 ROH. So yeah. here comes uh, Brett's getting in the cage and Owen jumps him, jumps uh, him just like a heel should. Just, just a great heelish move, yep. absolutely. And Owen was a great heel. I mean. Uh, that's what I was saying earlier in the show. This guy could have been a top heel later in the company. I mean, I think so. For those of you not watching uh, along with us, Owen Hart is wearing his King of Hearts uh, singlet gear, black with some pink accents. And Bret Hart is wearing the splatter paint uh, attire there, top half, black, pink pants in the bottom classic Bret Hart stuff there in the bottom. It, uh, it's got some kind of designs in the black down the leg. A little, 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 little too much going on there for me. Yeah. He's got a lot. He's got a lot going on. Uh, but as they, as they go here, Owen with the chop. So this is obviously, you know, a rematch from the years uh, earlier. WrestleMania there at MSG. Right. And then the whole reason for the, I believe the reason we have the cage was from King of the Ring. I believe there was interference from Neidhart uh, in Brett's match and and vice versa and such. So I believe that's where this this whole came this came back. Uh, this idea came from here for this for this match. And you got to do something right to follow up after the singles match they already had earlier in the year. You got to throw in a gimmick. Why not put him in a cage? Yeah, I mean this is the way. This is classic wrestling booking. They've been doing it back all the way dating back to Madison Square Garden shows with Bruno San Martino where you have a couple of bullshit finishes and then you put them in the cage for the third and final match. They've been doing it for the day as long. So I asked this question on our Scott Hall show when we did it when he passed away. Uh, and I asked you guys if you thought Scott Hall should have ever had a run with the top at the top of the title. Uh, what do you guys think about Owen Hart? I, yeah. I thought I thought maybe he would have been a pretty good candidate to hold that title at some point. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, um, you know, I would definitely. He was he was just good, but I think again, I think as as we've mentioned earlier, as as Ford mentioned earlier he got brought down because he wasn't somebody that was great at promos. His gimmick wasn't over the top, uh, you know, tomfoolery. It was strictly, it was like Lance storm. Like he just wrestled. That's all he did. That was his gimmick. And he was great at it, but, but they didn't really care about that at the, at this time. Yeah, that's true. I can see that. I guess I just have a, a, a little bit of a, I just thought his work rate with his brother and, and where he had been and, he got over so well through this this storyline. I just thought that maybe there would be more there to him. We, he got, had a good feud with Austin as well. But, you know, so be it. Well, while that has to do with uh, my boy Vince Russo, there is, uh, he, he can get blamed for the, the 98, 99 stuff. And obviously, Russo has taken... He's taking some of the blame, right? If I'm not mistaken, on on the accident the day of, because it was Vince Russo's call. I mean, Vince Russo was called on the according to Russo, Pretty he sure. was called read, on the phone, and they said, "Hey, we got access to the guys who do the sting entrance from the roof. What do you say?" 
And Vince looked at the card and was like, ah, oh, we could do it for Owen. And yeah. there you go. That's un- that's unfortunate. And I don't know if you guys watched that episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Of course. Uh, when they, I'm sure you all did, but... Uh, when we saw we we saw that that clip that little clasp that was holding the harness that looked nothing more than a, just a clasp I would use at the gym to hold my one of the bars on the cables. It was it was terrifying to see that that's all that was holding him up. If that's in fact the case, and uh, man, I don't know. I don't know how that even goes down. I don't. I don't know how they got that to be, you know, safe. Like, uh, you know, cause I, I would assume you have to go through numerous safety checks and maybe you didn't at that time. Cause you know, there's always, there's always a first, the reason you have to go through all these safety checks is because something happened in the past. So, uh, you know, just like buildings with fire, you know, you put sprinkler systems because their buildings were destroyed cause they didn't have them. So I'm assuming, but just the way it, I'm like, you would think they have to go through so many, especially lowering somebody from the roof. Uh, of the building, like, come on. Yeah. That's, uh, that's something that needs all the attention. That's the biggest stunt you're going to do all day. There's, there's no shortcuts for that. You'd think somebody like Vince McMahon, who has so much to lose would realize that. Yeah. Well, he, he does now if he didn't before, but we haven't seen, and I don't think we'll ever see another, uh, drop from the top of the rafters ever again in wrestling. No, no, I don't think you will. Cause I, I, I don't think you will just based on the fact is you would, whether it was successful or not, which it probably would be. And things would probably be a hundred times safer than they were back then. And the check quality checks would be there, but just the optics of it. And then in a society where optics are everything mm-hmm. these days, they would get drilled. Um, oh yeah, and then they'll they'll, they'll say it's a, uh, doing the stunt again is disrespectful to the Hart family and Owen Hart as well. I think at this point, you know, I, I don't think that coming from the rafters needs to happen again. Um, did know, Sting could have been could have been Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania twelve? Imagine did, that. Whoa. Did Sting continue to use the? Did he continue to come down after this or no? Or was he already past that? He was probably already past that. I think it was past that. Yeah, it was May of 99. He was probably past that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's... I don't um, believe so. Sting? Yeah, it's probably safe to say we won't see any uh, propelling entrances in, in the business of the wrestling business ever again. Even without this, I don't think that type of stuff is necessarily... Kind of what we did, they do anymore here. No, Brett Nolan here on them. on the top rope, balancing, yep. throwing haymakers, going nuts. I'm at one forty seven forty seven. You in the same spot? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Madness, you in the same spot? Madness, are you in the same spot, bud? 147, 148 now? Yes, I'm with you. Okay. Oh, and now trying to escape. Oh, he's getting out of here. See ya. 
Go always, go always go through the door. It's the simplest, <laughs> simplest way to do it. We've talked about this. I can't stand the door. And like I said, if we were really doing, if we were doing a shoot cage match, it would just be us racing to the door, or racing over the cage, see who can get out first. That's all. That's all a cage match would really be. But you know, you got to have an imagination, right? Yes. Yeah. If you don't, it just doesn't work. Yeah. That's people that don't like wrestling. They probably have no imagination. Oh, and biting. He's biting his brother's forehead. Nothing more heelish than a bite. A yeah. good bite or a low blow. I don't know which more of a heel move, a bite or a low blow. I think biting. I think biting is like the most heelish shit you can do. Biting is, is pretty low. Yeah. Not if, uh, I think I'd want to get bit by another guy. It's I don't think fun. so either. See, if this was modern day, they would do a Spanish fly off of this cage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, we're not in modern day. They definitely take more risks now <laughs> than they did back then. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Helen just can't bear to look. She's, they're showing Helen Hart picture in picture. She just can't bear to look. And Stu looks like he died about three weeks before this show. And they just propped okay. his ass up in the front row. Yeah, Stu out here. Yeah, uh, he, he freaking Stu's hey, always with the hundred eight. <laughs> he always looked like a corpse for like the last I don't know 10, 20 years of his life. Yeah, poor but, guy. Uh, rest in peace, Stu. Yeah, rest in peace, Stu Hart, man. Just uh, a legend, <laughs> a legend indeed, a, a Canadian legend for sure. And yeah, you got two of her twelve kids. She's watching. Go at it here, Ellen Hart. It's a lot of kids. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing, just the storyline itself with the Hart family was just tremendous throughout the mid-90s. And then I would like how it all culminated in a way. It kind of happened organically. It culminated with that big uh, Hart Foundation uh, faction in 97, which was just, I don't know. I just, I know how it ended with the screw job and all, but I really liked that faction, that, that Hart Foundation in 1997. I thought that was... That was cool. It, had, it brought everybody back. It got a new guy, Pillman, involved. It gave him something to do. It kind of got Brett and Owen back together. And it was just a cool time. And how they were heels also um, in the U.S. only and, and baby faces everywhere else. Yeah, when uh, I remember that promo that Brett cut when he separated Bulldog and Owen because they were, like, scrapping. They were fighting. And he's yep. like, this is what they want us to do. And he did like this big rah-rah, we have to join together and, and become one because we're a family. And, you know, Vince is the one who wants us to fight. They want us to fight. And, uh, man, that was the beginning of the Heart Foundation is when Brett cut that promo on Raw. I just I remember that promo vividly. Yeah, it was uh, it was a special time in the business for sure. I, I you know everyone talks about ninety eight, but I sometimes think ninety seven. If you got to take a calendar year and say what was the best, I don't know between the two companies, the three companies that were going, ninety seven might have been it. I think ninety seven. I think ninety seven is probably the 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 top year. Ninety eight is good because of Goldberg and Austin. Well, ninety eight was when the WWF like took off mainstream. That was when Austin won the title against Michaels and you, the rock became the thing. Uh, DX blew up into that uh, bigger faction and got more fan friendly with X-Pac and the new age outlaws. You know, it was huge. 
Yeah, and you had in July you had Goldberg beating Hogan for the belt. Oh yeah, you know the the Wolf Pack. You know whether you like that or not, that that showed up. You had the the, the you had the NBA players and Jay Leno on uh, <laughs> on WCW pay per views. That was whether great. You, you know whatever you think about it, it really it really drew mainstream to the uh, wrestling industry, whether you like that or not. And Night, Nightheart is wearing street clothes. Of course, he's in the crowd wearing. He's actually wearing a SummerSlam pro, uh, promo T-shirt in the crowd. Of course, he is. Got to sell. Yep, that's what he's there. He, he can bring in that. He's got to wear a T-shirt. He called. He used. Stu used to call him the Rhino. Yeah, bring the Rhino. Bring yeah, the rhino. something like that. <laughs> I can't do a very good Stu Hart. But. You do a better Stu Hart than I could. Yeah, well, I know Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's Davy Boy. Do you see that hair on Davy Boy there? That brief moment they just showed him on camera. The long he's it's he's got like a fresh perm. Uh, it's hideous. It's it just looks looks like terrible. a broad. I I prefer him having his uh, his braids in there with his red, white, and blue cool. uh, Union Jack. Yeah. But then uh, this this look wasn't so great for the the British Bulldog. No, I like the braids or the or the short hair. Yeah, that that was fine. I didn't like when he came in uh, late '99 with the jeans and all that. That was a little different. And there's a dead Nightheart. Oh, you must be. Where, 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 where are you, you at tracking? Right now? I think. Where are you tracking? I'm at one fifty-three. Oh, sorry, I'm at one fifty-four oh five six seven. Okay, I'm there. Okay, I was a little. I was held up a bit. Oh, you're behind me. Yeah. So yeah, you were seeing Nightheart like I saw Nightheart. Yeah. I had a lag. We're good here. That's okay. That's all right. It's the internet, man. Can't do anything about it. Can't live with it. Can't live without it, man. Exactly. (laughs) So you're sitting. So you're sitting. uh, Basically, you're sitting hard camera side. I am sitting not necessarily. Well, sort of. I'm. I'm by the entrance. I. Yeah. If you're staring at the ring, I'm to the left. uh, Way uh, down the. Oh, if you're staring at the the ring. Yeah. From the entrance way, you're on the left. Yeah, okay. I'm on the right side. If, if you're looking at the ring, if you're looking at the entrance way, I'm on the left. I would run down to the. Uh, I had a few seats, uh, a few rows up. There was a few rows up, and then every time there would be an entrance, me and a bunch of kids, we would just run all the way down to this area, probably blocking the view of a lot of people that paid money for closer seats and we would just see the guy we would saw the uh wrestlers right up front it was pretty cool um as an 11 year old especially it was a it was very memorable yeah i can imagine at at this point in in my life i still want to sit ringside for for a wrestling event i have not yet and i would like to at some point yeah i've never been ringside i was close enough with that but uh I, you know, I frequented the United Center a lot uh, after this. I was, uh, I, I, I was playing on the bat. I played on the court as well before Michael Jordan ever played. I, I, I shot on the United Center court. Did you know that? Did not know that. Yeah. So. Shoot the Bulls contest. Well, he pulls him down right into a Samoan drop. That was a great spot. This is a good match. Uh, did, uh, did you forward did, did I know the answer to this, but did you uh, look up? The star rating on this match. I'll get it for you right now. 
Yeah, because it's got to be high remembering this match. Yeah, I, I would I would say upper echelon for sure. What are you thinking? What's your number? Oh, well, I mean, I already know. So let's say Madness give his oh, okay. answer. Star rating here? Yeah, we're talking, yes. Meltzer. We're talking oh, Meltzer, right our guy. I think he gave this a four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Hold on, hold on. I'll get. I'll let you know by the audio by the sound effect. Four and a quarter. <laughs> Out of the uh, arena, five stars. Five star match. Okay, I can see that. And the next match after this is the Undertaker versus the Undertaker. Negative one star. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that that match was uh, that was foolish. It was silly. That That's was, a match uh, where you don't show that to somebody who thinks wrestling is bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, Mark Callis. <laughs> Mark Callis against uh, Brian Lee. Primetime Brian Lee. That's what that was. Chains, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, that would be in the never you don't never have to watch that match ever. I'll category. tell you, this was this was a pretty this was a pretty poor uh card, to be honest with you, uh, overall, I'd say. Because I can remember this one off the top of my head. And we, we got a tag match between the Bam Bam Bigelow and IRS against the head shrinkers to start this thing off. It was supposed to be for the tag titles, but the two dudes with attitudes took the titles right before. So it was no longer a tag team title match. Then we got stuck with uh, a women's match with the Lunder blaze. And uh, what is it? Dick Ford's girlfriend, Bull Nakano. I love Bull Nakano. Aren't you in love with Bull Nakano? Yeah. And then we had a decent match. It was uh, what was it? It was uh, Kevin Nash. It was, it was, Diesel against Razor Ramon with Shawn Michaels and Walter Payton ringside. That wasn't too bad. Then he did Walter st- did did uh, Walter Payton get a big uh, a big hometown pop? Oh yeah, it yeah. was a, it was cool to see. That, that was another match that was it was a good match. It was overall good for 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 as bad of a worker as Nash could be. Him and Hall had a good match. It was cool to see Walter Payton and, and Michaels at ringside and everything. Which, they kind of had their little shit going on too. So it was cool. And then after that, you had hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on hold I'm running on. through the card. This is what was we got to do. Was, yeah, but I want to ask you another question about this match. Go for was it. Was your dad into wrestling? My father was not okay. truly into wrestling. He but did was, this, He made the sacrifice for some father son bonding time, and he okay. would take me. He knew I love this, and he would he would go with me. And he, you know, he'd get into it. He wouldn't have a bad time. He would like be, get excited. Yeah, my and, question and, is: Did he? Did he react? Did he pop for Walter Payton's involvement? Uh, I you think he just kind of like got up and. Not a Bears fan. Shit. Nah, he's oh, he's okay. not too much. My, my old man's not too much of a, a, a sports guy. Okay, He'll well, watch then that game. makes sense. I figured and if I, he was a sports guy, he'd be like, "Oh, Walter." Nah, Dayton. and, and you know, the older into- the older I get, the more I actually understand why he's not and why I'm not any longer either, really. So, but at the same time, you know, it, it was it was good. You know, that just shows you. You know, he wanted to take his son. He he did it. He went, and you know, a lot of the times I for this event, I was running back and forth talking to kids down in other areas, and he just kind of sat there by himself watching this. And I kind of feel bad <laughs> looking back at it, but uh, either way, you know, after this, I mean, they had that whole feud with uh, the old angle with Tatanka and Lex Luger. Do you remember that? 
where there was a million dollar corporation and there was this whole Lex you sold out. This was when Lex's push was all about dead and they didn't know what to do with them. And then turned out to Tonka sold out. And then before this match, I believe you had uh, Mabel against Jeff Jarrett. That was, that was pointless. So that's the card. And then you had the two undertakers go at it after this. So now they're fighting to get out of the cage. Brett's trying to use the door. Yeah, Brett's Owen is holding out. on for dear life, and now Brett is just leveling Owen, and he's almost out. He's half out. He's got his hands on the floor, on the on the ground outside the ring, but Owen is holding out for dear life. I don't know what they do slower. Do they do they crawl out of the door slower, or do they climb the ladder and ladder matches slower? This is frustrating. It's like, geez, move. <laughs> well, you know, they have fatigue. Yeah, they're selling that fatigue for sure. And here goes Owen. Now Owen's hanging out and Brett's hanging on for dear life. But this is how you build the the drama, the suspense. This is how you this is how you build it. By having him almost win and having Owen almost win and Brett almost win. And now we got both men down as the crowd cheers. Right now, if it was in 2022, we'd get an annoying "This is awesome" chant. <laughs> I Your can't favorite, stand that. favorite chant. I hate that chant. I think that "This is awesome" chant is the worst thing that ever happened in the history well, of wrestling. I hate that. It's chant. second, and I also hate that you still got a chant. Now you're missing the big one: the "You deserve it" chant. Uh, yeah. If that remember that time when uh, I don't even remember this. What? Oh. You okay? <laughs> he just he, like like something like he's just like oh he couldn't handle it anymore. Um, the you deserve yeah. it chant is the worst the one, chant. That is, is that is that's pretty bad. I don't think we hear that one as often as the other two. Maybe that's why I didn't. didn't no, no, think we do. That one. No, we do. do we? Oh, we do. We do. Oh, I'm just not. I'm you just don't. Not, I'm just not watching. I remember <laughs> once. This maybe it was ten. 12 years ago in WWF at Jericho, he'd come back or something. And, and, and he was in a match and he, you know, the, the whole crowd goes, you still got it. You still got it. And he's standing up. He's like on the turnbuckle. He's, he's beating up whoever he's wrestling. He's like, I never lost it. <laughs> Sons of bitches. He was just getting pissed off. He's like, I'm not like, I'm not an old fuck right now. I, I'm, I'm still in my prime. And he sure as shit was and still is. Yeah. Yeah. The, you deserve a chance is the, you deserve a chant though is a chant that you would expect a probably mostly liberal crowd to chant at a wrestling show in 2022. Of course. This era of society. The you deserve it chant. The the not the not you earned it chant. No, no, we don't chant that. We chant no, nobody, you deserve it. Yeah, you're entitled. <laughs> you're entitled. Yeah, that's basically what it might as well be. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's irritating as shit. I'll tell you that. Hey, that's that's our that's of the society today, though. We we gotta. Well, you know what? You know what's the worst? Actually, to be honest with you, I can't stand when they chant that this is awesome thing, and it's actually whatever's happening is not awesome. It's very far from awesome. Yeah. So now well, they should down. They should have chanted that. They should have chanted that shit when when Mike Awesome would come out to the ring. Like that it makes sense. Okay, that's Mike Awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> that's or, when they should that's the only time they should use it. Or so, the uh, fight forever chant. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah no thanks. So yeah. they're trying. Owen's trying to drag Brett in over the top of the cage by his head. Yeah, that's uh These guys are great salesmen. These guys are great workers. None of this looks like it feels good. Getting dragged yeah. down the metal cage. No, that doesn't look like much fun at all. You know what I couldn't stand either? That little sector of time when the, the crowd would always sing the uh, Hey, Hey, Goodbye song. Well, it's because Vince loved that. Nah. Vince loved that song. Yeah. Uh, we'll have him sing this. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pitiful, but. We got both men down. Owen trying to drag himself up. His tired, lifeless body, lifeless, beaten down self, dragging, pulling himself up by only the use of the cage. If the cage wasn't there, Owen would not be standing. You know, don't quote me on this. Oh, I will. No, no, no. Don't quote me on this, but I'm not sure. But I think this might be the only WWF event that they held at the United Center. I don't think they've been back. They have. No, they were just what? back there. Not they were just back a couple oh, years ago. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's let's find. I'm talking like, you know, in several years. But they, like they never the they never watched? go back. <laughs> I don't. Yes. It doesn't count if it happens now. Oh, okay. And then oh, AEW oh, ran here in August of last year and sold it out on the on the hopes that CM Punk might show up. Yeah, I remember that. I remember AEW doing that. And then they're going to do a show there WWF. in June 26th. On, on June 26th, they're going to do an AEW New Japan show at a what will be a sold-out United Center. Gotcha. Well, they're going back to it. I, I believe I heard on the Pritchard show uh, at one point that the reason they didn't keep running this building was because the proximity to O'Hare Airport with the Allstate Arena was much more convenient and cost efficient. Yes. Mm-hmm. But madness would be uh, correct. SummerSlam 94 and then WCW. And then the last was March 3rd, 2018 for WBJ. And it was just a house show. Yeah. It wasn't even, it was road to WrestleMania. Yes. I uh, did go to, I did go to a nitro here at the, uh, in 1998, I did go to a nitro with Rodman, event. right? Uh, I don't know if Rodman was actually at that one. I don't believe so. It was in 98. Um, you know, did Hogan was, come out to voodoo child? Hogan was there. Uh, it, Horace Hogan was, was there too. He, that was when Horace Hogan was in the NWO. I remember that. Did Hogan come uh, out to voodoo child? Yeah, of course he did. If you watch it now, it won't be. No, they, but how don't, often they don't was that live? I never experienced Hollywood Hogan coming out to voodoo child. It was, it was cool. It was cool just to see Hogan in that, uh, as as the Hollywood Hogan, you know, you saw him only as uh, as the All American. Actually, I'd never seen him in person. I saw him as Hollywood Hogan in WWF in 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 O two, but yeah, so did I. I was at that event as well. Yeah, but but I, before this, this, was, this is the first the, time I I didn't see him in WCW. I never went to a WCW show. You know, I was always like, I was always WCW was like taboo to me. It was weird. It was like I was always a WWF kid growing up, and then Same. like. Okay, WCW started to pull some things. All right, I don't think I'll ever go to a show. And then, like, I was there. I was like, yeah, this feels weird. 
I'm not supposed to be here. Like I was standing outside the all city arena. I'm like, this isn't, this is WCW though. But man, it was a hot crowd though. I'll tell you that we had pretty good seats and everything. There was so much garbage being thrown at the ring. I was trying so hard. I had like one shot to hit Lex Luger in the face and I missed. I just really wanted to hit Lex Luger in the face with my half filled Coke cup. Yeah. yeah so does, so does Miss Elizabeth's family. Um, oh, ho, ho. So now we have, with a superplex off the top rope. That was nice. Owen and Brett down. This match still going on. Got the whole Hart family at ringside here. Vince got to pay to fly all them in, huh? That ain't shit. <laughs> no. Vince, uh, Vince has the money. He, he, yeah. he Vince can Vince can do it. Wait, 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 wait. Vegas, you were worried about Vince's money earlier. We were talking about uh, over the edge ninety nine. Now all of a sudden, now you're like, yeah, fly all the hearts in. Yeah, well, to fly to fly a family of twelve into a, an arena is a lot cheaper than refunding of millions of people around the world their pay per view money. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't worried about his money. I was just stating that you know I was going on the opposite side of where you guys you were playing. The devil's advocate, but unfortunately, the other side of it was a man died on pay per view. Hey, listen, Joey Vegas and I, we look out for our billionaires, okay? You know? <laughs> yes. We don't demonize the billionaires on this show. I'm not demonizing Vince. I'm just saying he should have maybe not gone on. All right, so here's Brett trying to pull himself. What a great story this is. Trying to really drag is. himself, his, his carcass out to the floor to win this match and Owen trying to pull him back with everything he just has left in him. And then Mike Kyoto locks the cage back up. Mullet Mike Kyoto. Best, best Mike Kyoto version ever. The mullet Mike Kyoto. Yeah. It's beautiful, beautiful mullet really. Um, and I think Bret Hart's two best feuds and correct me if I missed one here, but I think Bret Hart's two best feuds in this company were with Owen Hart and Jerry, the King Lawler. <laughs> You're just going to skip you throw over Shawn Michaels. Steve, Steve Austin. Fuck Shawn Michaels. And Steve Austin. I mean, like, they're all on the same level. I don't know. It's hard because you start thinking about one. But the, the, the Brett, here's the thing, though. Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler sort of had a feud from, like, the whole time they, they were both in there. Like, they always, like, he always ripped on his family so hard. I mean, oh, the, he, shit the, the shit Jerry Lawler would say about the Hart family was Oh, my God. Gold. He destroyed them on, on commentary. Oh, it was good stuff, but no, it's not better than Austin to feud with Austin. His feud with Lawler. His feud with Shawn Michaels is, is better than his feud with Lawler. Well, Shawn Michaels, that one kind of took great, put the gray area in there a little bit because there was some like real life heat there. So, you know, that is hard to beat. Well, yeah, it made it better. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. I just, I just, you know, never really put Shawn Michaels over very, very much. I know you don't like him, but the stuff with Bret Hart was good. I mean, don't get me wrong. The stuff with Owen is great. I got a, a fact here I pulled up just for the hell of it. And I'll let you guys try to guess, both of you. What, as of right now, what is Bret Hart's net worth? Uh, Six million. Dick, what do you got? That's, that's a pretty good number. Um, that's a really good number, Vegas. Um I'm trying to remember that deal, that deal with WCW, because he, he ends up getting the whole deal. They all really much, they all pretty much did, those main event guys, even though the company gets bought. 
Just kind of run with Vince. Come on, you're taking too long here. Ten. Well, Joy Vegas is closer. It's seven million. Wow. I was going to say eight, but I gave him too much credit, clearly. <laughs> yeah. It had to be. I knew it had to be under 10. That's a good run. What's his, his, his deal with, though? Like, his deal Steve with, Austin. Steve Austin's worth a lot more than that. His deal with WCW, wasn't it $3 million a year? Yeah, but he was only there for what? Two? And who knows? He got divorced as well. Oh, that, that, time. that definitely cost him some A lot, of, a lot money. of shit goes down. You get your whole life cut in half. He was with her. Oh, Bret, Hart just, uh, Bret Hart won the match, yeah. and he won it with Owen Hart hanging off the side of the cage outside of the ring. What a way to end it like that. Yeah. And now here comes Jim Neidhart in some weird-looking tights with his SummerSlam shirt on. <laughs> creeping up. He clotheslines Davy Boy Smith and his wife, who's his sister-in-law, Diana. And now he's jumping Brett, takes his SummerSlam shirt off, and chokes him with it. That is one horrible outfit, though, his pants. What the fuck know. is he doing? Yeah. How do you, you leave mean, the house, or how do you leave the locker room area dressed like that? And why even, is What's-Her-Face taking that bump over the guardrail? Yeah, Diana took a hell of a bump. Wow. Good for That's her. That's Added heat for the added heat for the anvil, you know, you know, the, you know. We talked about on the last show how the Hart Foundation, one of the top five tag teams ever, and here they are in the ring together now. No, well, you said one of the top five tag teams ever. Yeah. Hey, now you got Nightheart sneakily giggling while he locks the cage. So this is always like, getting his heat back, even though he lost. Well, he's struggling to lock the cage right now. And he could probably him. just, he probably just should have just used some sort of gimmick chain that didn't have him struggling here. But he is struggling to lock the cage, and none of the Hart brothers now can get in. It's almost as if that they don't know how to climb the cage. She locked the door, but there's kind of no roof on the thing. They're and climbing. <laughs> They're climbing. That's what I'm saying. Like, what do you think? They're climbing. I know. That's what I'm saying. What's the point of locking the door? They're going to get in anyways. Yeah, now you have to. Oh Jesus, you got you got uh, guys that are not skilled professionals. Well, Bruce Hart is a professional somewhat. I don't know the other guys the that are out the there. Cage. I think that's Smith and Smith Hart. I think British Bulldog looks like he just did every steroid you could imagine. He is huge. Oh, he is just <laughs> inflated and oh my you know, god! No wonder why his heart a, exploded at forty. Oh yeah. So this is a British Bulldog is a rock solid case for why you just you don't use steroids, kids. He is a huge your dude. Heart, your heart is a muscle, and that's gonna that's gonna grow too. There's some strain there. As he did his uh, as he did his uh, stages on and off. Well, cycles, not stages. They're cycles. I don't know. Don't touch. So he is roided out to all heaven here. Look Jesus, he's tan. Yep. Well, I love the tan. The tan is great. You, you don't. Get nobody had a better tan, tan than Hollywood business. Hogan, but yeah, he's just just juiced up on Decca, just throwing haymakers. Ooh. I mean, they had to give us a, a a a what? A how long was that match? Oh, at least twenty five minutes. 
It was 30, 30 something, 31, yeah, 32. Longer than that. 37? I think it was like 37 it, it, minutes. Deservedly so, it got a good portion of the show. Uh, yes, you know. well, because the rest of the show was just pure garbage, right? If you were booking a show, if you guys were booking a show, would you have made this the last match on the card, or yes, would you have kept it the Undertaker versus the Undertaker? No, the Undertaker versus the Undertaker is all is awful all the way around. No, no, I know it's awful, but would you have would you have kept it as the last match after this? No, I don't think so. This I is the last match. Turn the it show off. Be. Yeah, you you can't even with the Undertaker. You you can't follow up this match and thirty two twenty two was that match. If you ever if you watch that, uh, how long was it? Thirty two twenty two. Okay, that's a good. Hey, you know what? When you can watch a match for thirty two minutes and not get bored once, I think that deserves a five star rating. I only say I only bring up the time frame because we do a thirty two minute match and then we do this long post match angle. It's a lot here. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, they're still going. They're still in the ring here trying to get bread off the mat. When's our next show? A couple of weeks. Okay. Whenever you want it to be. According to my calendar. We'll do it, two, we'll do it in two weeks. June 6th. Okay, we'll do it in two weeks, and we'll watch something from ECW's One Night Stand. Yeah, that's think, about the, uh, I think the, the anniversary. An, the anniversary's on the 5th. Right. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. I I, I would like to uh, suggest we watch the Mike Awesome Asado Tanaka match. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. It's such a good match. You want to watch about, something different? That's fine. How about how about we watch two things from that show? We start it, or it might become first. I can't remember the show order in my head, but we will watch your Mike Awesome Masato Tanaka match. Because it ends up being one of the last times Mike Awesome, I think, is even on TV, right? Doesn't he I die? So he died in 2007. This was in 05. Okay. So, um, and yeah, and I don't believe it's that long of a match either. So we'll watch that and then we'll watch Heyman's promo. Yeah, I like that. That's something we'll do is we'll do another ECW episode coming up. We'll come up with some other criterion content. So yeah, we'll uh, watch uh, from one night stand, we'll watch Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka, and we'll watch the Heyman promo. In two weeks from tonight. And uh, yeah, I mean, I could recite that Heyman promo word for word. I could even There's recite when Mick yeah, Foley goes, a, don't take the, when Mick Foley goes, don't take the buy high, buy high road, Paul. Like, Mick Foley makes a slip up on the commentary. I'll have to find a dongle by then. I don't know what happened to my dongle. Well, check between your legs because that's where I find my dongle. Hey, oh. But uh, for Vegas, for, oh no, I exit. Wait, I, we can't exit yet. We can't exit yet. I have to first say, uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you're listening on the podcast. Give it five stars. That's the Meltzer five stars, five stars, five stars. The website to uh, buy a shirt. Do I have it? And also, I want to quickly interrupt, and please, if you're listening and you would like to be a contestant and win, just like Heavy Hep did today, uh, shoot us a message on Twitter or Instagram, and and we will put you in line. We have our next two contestants lined up. So if you would like to get on the ever-so-sought-out line of our Can I Play With Madness trivia segment, please, please reach out. 
Yeah, let me look here. So if you go to our Instagram, which is at Mark Side of the Ring. That's Mark Side of the Ring on Instagram. You will see our link tree. Link. And our link tree will show you where to go to buy a t-shirt. And you can buy the logo shirt for Mark Side of the Ring. There is a sale going on. That's why I bring this up. I'm even gonna I'm gonna save you guys some money. And before we get out of here, we do have to play the Pro Wrestling 120 before we get out of here. But there is a sale coming up between starting on the 25th of May until the 30th of May using the promo code Memorial 22. That's Memorial 22. You will save yourself 20% on the Mark side of the ring logo t-shirt. So again, head to our Instagram at Mark side of the ring. Click on our link tree. Click where it says buy a shirt. Use the promo code Memorial 22 and you'll save yourself 20%. And here's JCD with this week's Pro Wrestling 120. The Pro Wrestling 120, the fastest 120 seconds in pro wrestling. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's John JCD Dimasani from Kicking a Classic with JCD for the PW120. And this weekend in Las Vegas at AEW's Double or Nothing, CM Punk challenges Adam Hangman Page for the AEW world title. This is probably one of the harder AEW pay-per-view main events of all time to call because of the unpredictability of where Tony Khan goes with this. Does he stick with Page, who's had a decent run because of the lack of defenses, but solid wins in feuds against Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, or does he cater and pull the trigger on Punk? I don't know which way he goes, and I think that's a good thing. I think the problem with this is, though, now you start to deal with the beast that is not CM Punk. That is not Adam Page, and whenever his contract expires, it's Phil Brooks and the mentality that goes on in his head if tony khan goes to punk and says you're putting over adam page this weekend do the wheels of miscontent start to turn for punk it's very possible so far punk's been a good soldier but except for one blemish to mjf he's also steamrolled through the roster that he swore he was there to put over I never bought into the fact that just being in the ring with somebody gets you over. If that's the case, Iron Mike Sharp and SD Jones would be two of the most over wrestlers of all time. Tony Khan has a tough decision to make this weekend. Unfortunately, knowing the way Khan does business, I expect him to go with CM Punk to defeat Adam Page for the AEW world title, thus ending Page's run and starting a God knows what title reign with Punk. <sighs> That should be interesting. And heaven forbid, he tells Punk he's losing. For the PW120, this has been John JCD Dimicelli. You can check out Kicking a Classic with JCD at KITCWJCD. Thanks for listening. 
Thank you, JCD, for that uh, PW120. I don't think it's as dark and grim as he made it sound, but <laughs> I will be watching Double or Nothing on Sunday. And I know Vegas is going to come over for the free ride on the pay-per-view. So uh, we will be watching it. But in two weeks from now, we're going to talk about and watch ECW's One Night Stand. And I'll talk from specific experiences as to what I was hoping would come from that evening. I'm sure Madness has opinions, as so does Vegas. And um, we'll discuss watching the pay-per-view live, because I know I did, as big ECW fans uh, that, that we were back in the original ECW run. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Mark side of the ring. If you're on Twitter, it's Mark side of ring. Just eliminate the word, the Mark side of ring and on Instagram, Mark side of the ring. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Tell your other friends who are wrestling fans that you enjoy the podcast. Give it five stars. The Meltzer five stars for Vegas and for Madness, I'm Ford, and we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. And so, goodbye. <laughs> and good night. Bye.